sloppy spoilers with your host, DT2. <laughs> Not sure how to do that. All right, we are live. All right, y'all, welcome to this episode of Sloppy Spoilers. I'm your host, DT2 Comics Chat. We've got some stuff for you tonight. We're going to start talking about, repeat, start talking about uh, media presentations of Batman, past, present, and maybe even the future. Uh, it won't be so much comics. Uh, because there's a million Batman comics that we can never possibly review mm -hmm. all of those ever. But we are going to look at films, we're going to look at serials, and we're going to look at uh, some animated films as well. Uh, the reason that I wanted to do this particular topic, first of all, I have to completely admit my bat bias. I'm totally biased because Batman is my favorite character tied with Captain Marvel Shazam. That's number one. Number two, <clears throat> uh, I, I say it often, and what you'll see tonight will demonstrate it. You cannot judge art from the past by the standards of the present. Art is always a reflection of the time that it's created in. And just like there's going to be some stuff you see tonight that makes you cringe, I guarantee mm. you that 10 years from now, when future citizens are looking at the stuff we're putting out now, they're going to be cringing. Like, what were they thinking? There's that. And number three, and that is that uh, it's one of the few characters Batman is that we can talk about a clear evolution because Batman works in so many different tonalities, which is rare for a comic book character. It's not impossible, but it's rare. Batman works as uh, straight detective stories, works as crime th uh, thrillers, works heavily as noir you can see, uh, you'll see the World War II propaganda in these serials. Batman has worked as camp. And then Batman got really, really dark with The Dark Knight Returns. And, and Frank Miller is probably the only person that can make Batman so dark is not Batman anymore, which is what happened with Batman and Robin and Miller and Jim Lee. So we had to kind of pull it back. But he's one of the few characters where across those different types of tonalities and types of storytelling, the character can still work. And I'm fascinated by that, both as a fan and as a writer. So again, when we uh, go through this series, we'll be examining the many different levels on which Batman can be presented and what we like and what we don't like and what we do and what we wouldn't do and all that sloppy spoilery kind of stuff that we do. So you know my co-host, Dr. Steve Shadewing Sellers. How you doing, Steve? So good to see you, dude. I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm in my interim bat cave at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to this. Um, I, I don't have like your uh, bat credentials, but my favorite character is Dick Grayson Nightwing. Yes. Um, and he will be a big uh, player in what we're going to be talking about tonight. So I'm interested in that for sure. Uh, but yeah, it is very good. It's going to be, I think, interesting to see how the character has evolved, uh, how he's changed over time you know, what he was in 1943 versus, you know, what he is in 2021, you know, how almost 80 years has changed him. Um, and, and just, you know, the way that popular culture um, has evolved and how that influences how we see the character and how that's changed over the last 80 years or so too. 
Uh, so all, all of that is going to be really fascinating to discuss, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcome to Jeff, Dr. Faye Bracey. How you doing, Bracey? Good, good. And just to see everybody, I am repping some DC for this. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, I do not own any Batman shirts, so had to go with the, uh, the super one for that. Uh, Batman is not my favorite character. I'm going to be the uh, DC heretic here. My favorite characters come from Marvel. Mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man being first, Thor a very close second. Uh, but I, I did grow up loving a lot of the DC characters. And if uh, you were asking me my favorite, uh, it was always the Flash. Well, well that's another uh, long-running debate uh, in Geekdom about the difference between Marvel and DC. You can't slap a you can't slap a every character falls under this label type of thing on them, as you will quickly discover if you make blanket statements on Twitter. But uh, <laughs> you know, generally, generally, DC characters have been elevated. That's why I wanted to do this study. Most people that aren't longtime comic aficionados don't understand that DC characters were not always gods pretending to be human. Right. They got elevated to that. DC characters were very, very much rooted in if such a thing were possible, this is what it would look like, or as Richard Donner uh, used verisimilitude over the Chris Reeve movie. Superman could not fly when he first came out. Superman used his thigh muscles, and you see it in the Fleischer cartoons where he's crouching down to leap. And uh, you see what happens to Batman and I. This made me cringe. You, you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. And uh, so it was it was not always the case if we were talking even Wonder Woman. I mean, Wonder Woman actually is a fetish character and a bondage character. And you can't ever talk about that in America because America can't deal with that. But she was born out of uh, polygamy and a menage a trois. That's where Diana comes from. And that's why originally if she got bound by her lasso by a man, she'd lose her powers. Mm -hmm. So all this stuff about how these characters started, most of them were were noir characters. They were crime characters like the shadow and the spirit and very much rooted in the real world and they could get hurt and they could lose and they didn't think of everything. And so what they are now is pretty much gods pretending to be human. And they've been that for so long until now when people try to human up DC characters, it, it, it feels like they're nerfed. Marvel characters have almost always been broken people that got powers and their lives didn't get better because of it. That's not 100% true, but generally speaking, that's the difference between the two because Marvel characters are based on the brokenness of the human anchor. Mm -hmm. And then the human anchor gets some kind of powers through transformation or accident or tragedy, or in Thor's case, through demotion, mm -hmm. something like that. And then they have to deal with the fact, now I'm broken and I can do all these super things. That's Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that's generally the difference between the two. But you'll see after watching these serials that it was not always the bat god thing. That's a Morrison thing and that's a Miller thing where Batman can beat everybody and outthink everybody and outsmart everybody. And there's always 20 steps ahead. And mm -mm, that has not been lifelong for the character. So I'm going to pull the first episode up. If we can, we're going to try to get through all three episodes tonight. We're going to kind of commentate as we go. Because we're going to have a lot to say. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Here we go. All right. 
So uh, chapter one is the electrical brain, and we're going to jump right in. That's so 40s. It is. Like you said, a product of its time. Now, that logo was Batman's logo for a very long time. Straight and from the comics. We're not giving any credit to Bill Finger, I see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, even in 1943, he didn't get the, the credit he was deserved for creating Batman. I will say I like the backdrop. Yes. Mm. High atop one of the hills which ring the teeming metropolis of Gotham City, a large house rears its bulk against the dark sky. Outwardly, there's nothing to distinguish this house from many others. But deep in the cavernous basements of this house, in a chamber hewn from the living rock of the mountain, this, this illustrates one of the things that, uh, mysteriously uh, secret that I keep seeing throughout this series is like the the bat costume keeps changing depending on the lighting. Here they go with the light blue for this scene. That's right. Yeah. They'll go for the dark costume, and I, I hated the inconsistency there, but I know why they're doing it. I love okay. the bat desk. Now, <laughs> now, let me hasten to say this is actually the first appearance of something called the Bat Cave. The Bat Cave did not originate in the comics. The Bat Cave was adapted into the comics because Bob Kane was on the set of this serial and he liked it so much huh. that he incorporated the Bat Cave idea into the comic. So, just like, you know, uh, I've said uh, many, many times, most characters' mythologies are piecemealed or they're mm -hmm. multiple source mythologies. And so most people are talking about, most people, you ask them about the Batcave, they refer to the comic. I'm like, no, this is it. You're looking at it. This is the first time we saw the Batcave and Kane liked it. And so that's why we have it. I was not aware of that, but it really added to the whole thing. Yes. Sure did. I love how the shadows of the bats fly around when they're in the cave. That's usually everybody contributed more than Kane. <laughs> There's that. And like Bracey said, you're going to see his costume colors change as the episode goes on. They represent American youth who love their country and are glad to fight for it. They represent American youth that love their country and are glad to fight for it. All yep. these serials, this, this is actually 15 episodes. We're going to try to get through three tonight. All these serials are heavily laced with World War II propaganda and racism. Just fair warning if you didn't know that. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah much like the comics of the time were. Right, that's right. That's right. And it's blatant. It's not like, you know, they're not trying to hide anything. They're trying to make it clear uh, because this was created smack dab in the middle of World War II. So World yeah, War II like, was, I believe, uh, 39 or 45. So this came out in 43. Yeah, a, so you're a going popular, to... yeah, Go ahead. A popular tactic when you're uh, when you're engaged in war is dehumanizing the enemy because it, it takes a great deal to kill another human being. So you've got to get people used to thinking of them as something other. And that's where things like this come in. 
Yeah, Slava Jap and all that uh, awful stuff. That's right. That's right. And there's going to be a lot of that in these serials. Again, fair warning. But also, I'm not down with the dad bod and the granny panties on the Batman. <laughs> yes. I'm he's not, just not happy with, with his development. That, that, that costume looks a little light, too. Like, he does not look like the Dark Knight. In, in fact, uh, in black and white, it almost looks whitish. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'll see the color change when they change things or whatever. But yeah, that first shot of him and all that. And uh, so I was just like, this is not the bad man I'm used to. But, you know, 1943. <laughs> One other thing that's missing from this. Any mention of Bruce Wayne's parents or his origin? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's absolutely right. No, no tragic uh, backstory here. Now, I want to talk briefly about you saw them just get out. The first appearance of the Batmobile in the comics was in the first appearance of the Batman. He drove his little red car, if you weren't familiar with that. He drove a red coupe just like that, like you see, except it's bright red against his blue costume. And then um, the Batmobile name wasn't used until Detective Comics 48 in February of 41. That car was also red. Okay. And then the uh, Batmobile with the bat motif, with the bat symbol on the front, with the black and blue coloring, didn't hit until Batman number five, March of 41. So during this, these serials, you're going to see him jumping in and out of a regular car, which the first thing I thought about was like, do y'all have license plates? You know, like, do y'all trace that kind of stuff? Because everybody's driving the same kind of thing. And But anyway, 1943. Not Commissioner Gordon. That's probably a licensing issue. Uh, you'll notice there's no classic Batman villains or characters other than Batman and Robin in here. And Alfred later. Yeah, and Alfred. No, Alf- yeah, Alfred's here. Calling all cars. <laughs> Just love how like uh, Batman Robin can just hang out in broad daylight. <laughs> before he's for you. Batman having a date. That is definitely not Bruce Wayne that we normally see now. And he's smiling. Yeah. He's smiling and Robin got that teen Frodo. He got that fro. What's up with Robin's fro? I'm just asking a question. (laughs) Now, that right there. The symbol of the bat on their foreheads. If you remember, that's one of the things they criticized uh, Batfleck about Snyder's Batman because he punched them and leave that symbol. But you can see that's not new. Okay, and uh, where Stanley got 
Spider-Man from was a character that had a spider-shaped ring. And when you punch the criminal, criminals, you leave the imprint of the spider on their face. So that is actually not a new concept. That's why you always hear it's, me talking this is about a very, This is a very Spider-Man thing to do. Spider-Man is very known for webbing up crimin criminals, usually on a light pole with a little note, courtesy of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And I, I was really he, delighted to see that Batman used to do the same thing here. That's right. He, yeah. he got it from Batman. And so, yeah, so again, when you, when you look at those Batfleck scenes where he's leaving the mark of the bat on them, that's not unique. Mm -hmm. That goes back to 43. <laughs> it, it's the pulps. First two men of the Collins yes. For, Straight pulp. You know, Shadow used it. No, not Shadow. Uh, the fan used it. People skull ring. Mm -hmm. That becomes a running gag through the series. How ineffectual the police are. The now police I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. I'm gonna throw this out. I don't know if y'all saw this or not, but I definitely want to hear what you think as we go. Okay, this is Linda Page. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I got Andrea Beaumont vibes from this woman. Hmm. As soon as I saw her, I said, this were Mask of the Phantasm. Got their ideas, because she's so like Andrea to me, like Andrea stepped off the page. She doesn't quite have her snark but 1943, but yeah. she's there. But her look in particular, you know, so that's what jumped out at me. I could very easily see uh, Tim and Deanie and those people having seen the serials. Yeah, now that you bring it up, I see it. See what I mean? This is the date. Come in. Now, I do like this, that he, he plays Bruce Wayne very well, I think. He looks better as Bruce than he does in that cosplay Batman costume. Yeah. <laughs> Most actors do either prefer one or the other. Yeah, he's he's very good at playing the carefree playboy. You know, he's not concerned with everything. Like, oh, you know, I wake up at the crack of noon, all that kind of stuff. He he plays this character well. Yeah. And that comes from Zorro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Batman took from Zorro, took from the shadow. Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yes. Very clearly. Okay, Robin giving up the secret identity. No. <laughs> that is a Robin thing to do, though. You think so? Yeah, because he's usually one of the people. If it's not Alfred, it's usually Robin that's trying to push Bruce to be more human. Well, maybe that's when true. he's in love, I guess. When he was in love with that poison ivy plant lady, he was going to give up being Batman. Oh, snark. Man dressed up as a bat clearly has issues. Uh, just for the uninitiated men out there, that technique is called 
taking an idea and twisting it and making him think it was his idea. Just so you know. <laughs> Doesn't that look like Chucky Saul? <laughs> That's Chucky Saul, y'all. Another thing I've learned to appreciate about these old serials is how much they managed to do with like very limited sets. They throw up like a quick gate there. Oh, limited uh, sets, yeah. Prison thing like that. Several rooms that they, you know, get in or just redress the same thing over and over again. This is going to sound crazy, but sometimes I like watching retro stuff precisely because of the frame rate and the mm -hmm. angles and it's not so frantic. It's not yeah. like, you know, music videos where, you know, you basically mainlining Mountain Dew, you know. <laughs> there's a there's a definite appeal to different ages of cinema. Like uh, for instance, the, the faddishness of shaky cam. Uh, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is like the Bourne series started off really good. And then each movie gets so progressively shakier. Yeah, I can't. I can't perceive the action anymore, and that just ruins things for me. Thank you. He drove away with men in that black sedan we passed back on the road. We'll get in. We'll catch him before he gets back to town. Get going, Alfred. Then he got There's Alfred. Now, this is something I appreciate from the serials. Like, they're always able to catch up with somebody who's got several minutes head start in the car. Yeah. No clear yeah, idea. There they are. All the all the roads are pretty much just straight roads. I've seen it in like the Shazam serials. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in so many other serials. They always manage to catch up to the bad guy on the highway. I do like uh, Bruce's car. Mm. Look at that rear projection. Nice, uh, nice touch having them hold the hats because they got a rag top. I love this. Yeah, I love it's this. Kind of Inspector Gadget. I love that. Uh, I'm glad. I don't care if it's cheesy. I love it. In, in Batman, you need to have some gadgets. It's a little bit James Bond. Uh, mm. Although it seems like the bad guys have all the gadgets. We don't really see Batman have any gadgets in this series. Um, and he's supposed to be a genius scientist, right? Yeah. But we just see him like, later on. We'll see him working on science stuff. You know, they make a point of having him in a lab coat and wearing rubber gloves. Mm -hmm. But in the three episodes that we watched, uh, I never saw him using any gadgets. Yeah. Okay, that car painting spray wouldn't have painted the back of the car that well because it was coming from the front. But we just let that go. Yeah. My creditors, because oh. Bruce Wayne has bad credit. Here, here comes racism, y'all. Yes. Since the wise government rounded up the shifty-eyed Japs, it's like speaking out of precarious existence on the dimes of curiosity seekers. Rationalizing concentration camps, yeah. Yeah. Just yes. Yes. Just going to inter American citizens <laughs> on suspicion. Yeah. Not going to have any trouble with you, Marty, are we? 
you know, what happened to the whole principle? It's better to let 10 guilty men go free than to punish one innocent man. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of push that to the side during World War II. Mm-hmm. Now this little uh, wax museum is pretty interesting because you'll notice that almost all of the exhibits are also war propaganda. Yes. It, it kind of looks like the sort of uh, carnival rise sort of thing you would expect the Joker to have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a little nod to that, but like I said, it's a licensing deal. They obviously couldn't get a couldn't get the other characters. And I love like this this crazy shift. We go from war propaganda to like this native looking dude standing here. Yeah, and of course, you know, uh, very obviously Anglo-looking people playing uh, ethnic characters. That right there, the electromagnetic, uh, magnetic hand imprint. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm like, y'all had that in '43. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very forward-thinking in terms of sci-fi. This villain is such a stereotype. <laughs> I just I just love how he's trying to play the inscrutable oriental. Yeah. And he's an Irishman if I remember correctly. One of the funniest things about all this is like even some of his cohorts here were like, you know, you know, I'm not going to let that Jap push me around, <laughs> but they're, they're willing to work with this guy. to break. Yeah. That's a, like, yeah, you better be paying him a lot of money is all I got to say. Yeah. It, it's funny. Like the, the tonality of how they're, they're working with this, uh, foreign agent and, uh, but at the same time, like, but we're still American. <laughs> but also, uh, he reminded me a little bit of the dragon King. From Stargirl? I thought the same yeah. thing when I saw this earlier. Yeah, he, he has a similar presence about him like that. Maybe a little bit of Rachel Ghoul, and at least with the outfit. I would not be surprised if Denny O'Neill saw this too. Yeah, no, they make it clear that they hate him, but they're working with him for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, because for some reason the government has slighted them all in one way or another. Yes. That's good enough reason apparently to betray your entire country. <laughs> there goes the race of the game. Your twisted oriental brain. Your twisted oriental brain, yeah. <laughs> Clearly based on Fu Manchu. Another racist stereotype. Yeah. Yeah, I will say for like a uh, Shang Chi, it was a good, it was a good call to change Fu Manchu to the Mandarin. It was our first choice for the position you are about to assume. Unfortunately, he too attempted to resist the inevitable. Powerful man. Don't you know me? What have you done to him? Deprived him of his ability to think. I've converted him into a zombie. 
and only ask that I direct. You will notice the metal head pin from which a wire leads to the spine. Now, Mr. Warren, I would like you to look at this special microphone, the only means of communication with the zombie. When I speak into it, this slave gets the impulses through the head pin and obeys my wishes. By this means, I have him carry out my orders no matter how far his from me. <laughs> My electronic laboratory. <laughs> yeah, because back then everything was electronics. As opposed well, to my I organic laboratory. I love the distinction they have to make. It's like, not my laboratory, my electronic laboratory. <laughs> As to what, my paper mache laboratory? I... <laughs> that would describe the set. This is another great little trope. If you're going to be a mad scientist, you got to have your lab coat. So he immediately puts on his lab coat. <laughs> it's a mad scientist. True serum. Therefore, you should be able to give me the information which I need. I will say another thing about the the guy playing um, Doctor Daka here, and every time I hear Daka, I keep thinking of that like that build little eagles into the country so <laughs> i keep thinking of more that's daka like illegal japanese agents in the country like that's the worst like you know asian bad guy name ever dr daka yeah uh, but i i like how precise he is in his movements everything mm -hmm. this actor is doing is very measured mm -hmm. he's a good actor playing an unfortunate character mm -hmm. But he, he clearly put a lot of thought into what he wanted to do with the character. Yeah. Get them out. This is the new war, the secret weapon. Marshal, get their textbook. This weapon employs an infinite amount of radio. A, a radium gum before anybody really understood <laughs> nuclear physics at all. <laughs> Actually, a couple years gonna, before the nuclear bomb. There's also going to be a lot of dumb surrounding this gun. A lot of dumb fitting to happen. I mean, well, this is uh, this was the thing back then. Like, and that's another thing that sets these these different media apart in their time. You know, we had a. Uh, uh, first, it was the atomic energy that was changing everything. We had the giant mutant creatures, the mutated men, or the atomic atomizers. And then, you know, later on, uh, these days, we're all about, like, oh, it's genetic manipulation to get superpowers or things like that. And they were all just products of their time, which is uh, kind of charming in its own way. 
It, yeah, it's very B movie. I gotta admit, I kind of dig like these really budget basement old school effects. Mm -hmm. I dig just one camera angle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of shot like a like old Woody Allen stuff, like big wide shots. Now notice what he just established. He just established that thing could turn concrete into mush. Pay attention to that. We just established that. I like that, but like you, you said, this isn't going to come up. But it, if you're thinking, if you broke the atomic bonds of things, assuming it wouldn't just explode like a nuke in your face, I like the fact that it just reduces everything to powder because there's nothing holding the structure together anymore. If he can invent this, then why can't they just mass produce this and give it to the whole Japanese army? Yeah. And then one other stupid thing that'll come up later. <laughs> I haven't watched some of these shows. It's pretty clear that I guess uh, audiences were not terribly sophisticated back then because there's a lot of stuff that just goes unquestioned and probably undebated. Yeah. Let's go to work. <laughs> we just so happened to see the bad guys. How convenient. <laughs> All out in the open with people yeah, on the street. Like, shout that. <laughs> shout that on the street. <laughs> Wait, he's going to break out the car while they driving. You're not even going to put up the convertible? Guess I wasn't worried about that secret identity. Yeah. He did He did at least tell Alfred to put it up, but like, you know, by the time you get to the alley, you're, you're half dressed. <laughs> How did she know he was a bad guy? She just yeah, looked at him and screamed. Yeah, like, why did she scream? He looked like a bad guy, I guess. I will say this for the stunt performers back in the days. Like, uh, a lot of these guys had to be some pretty accomplished athletes because they were asked to do just all kinds of things. Climb this, fall yeah. off. That. I mean, I guess that's true for all ages of stunt performers. But How I didn't even know there was something behind there. Uh, when because that's where everybody him. keeps their safe behind the picture. Yeah, and the truth serum. The truth serum told him. He says behind the picture. I don't know the combination. Why choking the life out of you? Or provoked? Why not? 
Why not kill him? Pretty much what he does. No. Wouldn't that destroy the safe and everything in it? I was going to say, so yeah. now we've got a focus <laughs> radius for the mean, and it does selective damage. Uh, okay. Now, he did say there were different power settings on it when they were just demonstrating it. But, like, again, it should be like a big hole in the wall, you'd think. Because the concrete block, he said he took out on the lowest setting. But see, Robin actually looks like Robin. Oh, the yeah. old down the laundry chute thing. <laughs> So many windows get broken. <laughs> Batman breaks a lot of windows. This whole thing, you could have the Benny Hill theme, and it would work. <laughs> now, I want you to pay attention to this fight. This fight. Yeah. Would the police not notice that? <laughs> It takes so long to reload. Why didn't they just beat the crap out of them? <laughs> you know, they could have gotten them from behind right at that moment. <laughs> How? <laughs> yeah. Where did they go? How did they get there? Now, hold on just a blue black minute. <laughs> These men cannot fight. I'm not used to watching a Batman and Robin. They can't fight. I want you to notice to this whole fight, Robin doesn't do anything but get his whole behind kicked. And Batman gets in maybe one punch. Maybe. When I first saw this, I was like... And, you know, Dick Grayson is a, is a world-class athlete starting out. That's right. But we don't have we don't have the history. They're just Batman and Robin for whatever reason. And one of, the, one of the things I will say I like about these uh, old serial fights is they feel like real fights with unexperienced people because they're just these brawls. There's no finesse, no technique. They're just constantly throwing people around and stuff. Uh, you know, you watch the, uh, the Shazam serial as well, DT, and you'll see the same sort of thing. Like, I, I like the, the kind of energy of it, but it was done better in the Captain Marvel serial than uh, in this. Yes. It, it makes more sense for Captain Marvel. Yes, that too. One of my favorite tropes is about to come up right here. Has Robin landed a blow? I'm asking a question. Here it goes. Cold circuit right. TV, Jeff. How? How? All right. Now they said they said in the car that the the uh, the hat the the bell device on them has like some sort of surveillance camera. But this is one of my favorite tropes. Is anytime uh, in in most movies or uh, TV, if you watch a thing and somebody's like, "Oh, we've got camera footage," it's always the exact same angle that we, the audience, were watching it from. And I find yes. that to be so lazy that you would do and that. Like, why wouldn't you have like a TV? You know, give us a POV of the guy trying to throw Batman off the roof. That would have made sense. And, and why would you do that in the first place? Because having yeah. evidence of your crimes is always smart. Robin's getting his bread kit. Zombie dude. Batman fought Solomon Grundy before. 
<laughs> how does Robert have a jaw left? Where how, how, how is he not rolling with a punch? He's a circus performer. Yep. From a child. <laughs> no. Because See, this, this is, is where he would have the back cable. Yeah. I was so disappointed. Another trope of the serials. We always got to end on the cliffhanger. Yeah. I'm okay with the cliffhanger. It's just that the cliffhanger makes no sense. Well, what's worse is when we get into episode two, we find out how Batman survives. Yeah. That was cringeworthy right there. <laughs> the Bats Cave, chapter two next week. All right, we've got to go find chapter two. I mean, it's entertaining enough, I will say that. I mean, it's not one of those things where it makes me want to turn it off. And, you know, they, they clearly made it to fit their time, what they wanted to do with it. And it's like we were talking about in the pre-show that uh, how Batman fits all these different genres. And I had said that uh, Batman is the utility belt. He's whatever you need him to be at whatever time in history you happen to be. True. Not every True. character can do that. DT made a point. Like, you can't do that with, like, Superman per se, but like Batman is very malleable. Yeah, he's extremely versatile. I also very much enjoy the cliffhanger of nature. Wait a minute, did I start you soon? Oh, this is, this oh yeah, is started at the end. Yeah, let's start at the beginning. The beginning is good. There we go. I also like the music. Didn't we agree we like the intro? Yes, yeah, intro is really tight. Although I would have given Bill Finger credit, but other than that. Yeah. Bob Kane and Bill Finger. I wish they could have figured out how to make the back cowl a little better back then. Yeah. Make the cow, you say? Yeah. It reminds oh. me of uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision cosplay episode. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I like the Art Deco fonts. And like, and like Robin's mask is just literally a domino mask with like a little rubber band. I wish it was like tied off like the Ninja Turtles or something. That would have looked better. <laughs> Previously on Batman. And you see the cape and collar are a different color here again. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, y'all can't fight at all. <laughs> Why are criminals scared of you? <laughs> I like the way that, that Robin just lunges on that one guy. <laughs> well, he does something fun here in a little bit. He, I, I like how he's going to hang out, and I like the way he ambushes this guy in a, in a little bit. No. And nope. just luck, pure luck saves Batman. Pure luck. No way. But he's going right back into it, boy. No. Climbing up ladders, still no back cable. See, here we go. I love this. I love that he goes for a low leg tackle uh, because he's like, I wasn't getting anywhere with my fists. 
So I'm going to take him out at the ankles. <laughs> That's something I could see Robin doing. Yeah. The better tear take the dangerous weapon <laughs> that can that can uh, level towns. Them shorts though, that belt is too high. Them is old man shorts. Well, You're not gonna the, blindfold him. You know, apparently you know, not. Like the uh, like the gloves and the shorts, like they don't match the the color of the cape and cowl. It's like if you're gonna make these color changes, make them consistent, man. I love the idea that they threaten the guys. Like, yeah, we've got bats in this case. <laughs> but I <laughs> oh, always no, love it. Bats. I always love it when Batman uses real bats. Yeah. I always love that. Yeah, that was a highlight moment from the uh, Nolan film when they uh, when they cribbed from the Dark Knight Year One or Batman Year One by Miller. I will say with all the uh, the fighting that they do, I'm surprised at how well the bat uh, cowl stays on his face uh, because it doesn't look like anything's holding it on there worth a damn. I think the chest symbol looks pretty good. Being a very old school. Classic, mm -hmm. yes. They just left him in the back cave, unguarded. <laughs> okay, here comes some bars, finally. That was convenient. So this, this classic Batman thing from the uh, 69 came from this show, apparently. Yep. Coming up through the clock. I guess the bat pole came later. Now, here comes something completely reckless and dangerous. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. There's no way Bruce would do that, as a, especially not as a joke. First of all, could you possibly be any more of a jerk? Second of all, we've established that this thing turns concrete into mush, right? So he aims it at Alfred, and somehow the beam gets smaller and tighter, it does even more selective damage. That's like, uh, uh, it's a molecule gun, but okay. Anyway, I do <laughs> like the the actor who plays Alfred, though. Hmm. Well, you know, Alfred was originally comic relief when he was first introduced. He was heavier, and he looked like a spoof of Sherlock Holmes. So Alfred was supposed to be funny, like from the beginning. Okay, so that's why this Alfred's played like this. Yeah, yeah maybe it, this is the Alfred. Mm -hmm. caricature they made him tall and skinny like on the adam west thing because he mm -hmm. looked like uh i'll see if i can find a picture he looked like sherlock holmes would look if he was kind of pudgy and goofy yeah. I, I will say that the style of his humor changed over time i mean he's not like vaudevillian anymore um it's very much like uh you know jeeves and and wodehouse type <laughs> humor now <laughs> jeeves 
Well, looking at this versus the Adam West uh, Alfred that we'll get into, it's kind of interesting to see how like Alfred's very much the straight man in that show because mm -hmm. the show's inherently funny, so Alfred doesn't have to be funny in that context. Take my word for it, it's Batman. Well, I actually like the fact that he wrote such a detailed note because I kept thinking, like, you know, Spider-Man catches a lot of people, but, like, can you prosecute them? Uh, yeah, but you have to be careful because it's, like, handwriting analysis now and things like that. How do you protect your secret identity? There's that. It's like, just all this... He just really gives his men the business there, and <laughs> it's not necessarily deserved. Captain Arnold's a jerk, too. We established that. <laughs> I prefer Gordon. I think I even prefer the uh, Harley Quinn animated Gordon to that guy. <laughs> we lost our secret weapon. We can just rebuild it. Oh, wait, we can't for reasons. We lost our DT. Was there any particular reason we only built one in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, I mean, I could understand that there's like, okay, we need a certain amount of radium to make this work. Okay, that would be a, li an, a limitation. But they never established that. And and you're having to do the work of this serial, um, you know, to, to, to come to that conclusion. Yeah, it's like at least like uh, in the Captain Marvel serial, uh, the, you know, deadly weapon being used there was a one-of-a-kind ancient find. Here, obviously, they have the technology to make this thing, so why not produce at least a few more? Yeah. I mean, they're acting like this is the only one they're ever going to have. Well, why is it limited? Yeah, I love the fact, like, in the start of the first thing, is like, you know, we need to get this more radium. It's like, oh, because then we can make a bigger gun. Well, if you can make a bigger gun, that means you can make more of the smaller guns, too. Yeah. And you can hide well, them better. I mean, you can't exactly hide a Death Star. Well, all up until the Dark Age of comics, but especially up through the Silver Age, we accepted tropes into story, and that was enough. So we see the trope, we get the idea, and everybody was like, okay. See, here they are, clearly in lab coats, rubber glasses, I mean, rubber, rubber gloves, goggles, but we never get to see Batman doing his sciencey stuff. Just a, it's just a little nod to it, but it never comes into play. The the blue parrot is an interesting name because that that, that name actually is referenced in Casablanca, and I wonder if they borrowed it from there. Seems likely. <clears throat> okay, movie rule: anything in the club is shady. <laughs> Putting that on Twitter right now. Yeah, there is a bit of stupid coming up, uh, and and that Robin does, and it's just unforgivable. <laughs> like how uh, Bruce actually, you know, busts his chaps for that too. Hello. 
Why are you gleaming? This, you, you should be at least observing her. She hasn't noticed you. And then you miss this. Conveniently. Conveniently. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's smoke in there, but that's not unusual. Right. She's gone. She's gone. And there's a weird cloud of smoke in there. Robin, you're fired. Yeah. I've been looking up this other girl, Carrie Kelly. She's your replacement. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to activate Jason Todd. Where are we going, Chris? <laughs> Paying a little visit to the house of the open door. Now, wait. Here comes the disguise portion. Yeah. Okay, so on the animated series, we got Matches Malone yeah. on a regular basis. But this is also uh, uh, one of the things about how you can see Batman and Robin going to cover. They still do it sloppily. But we don't mm -hmm. see this nearly as much as we used to. This yeah. is one of the things I love the most about the character, and I love mm -hmm. that they have it here. And the fact that the 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 what's the word I want? Ironic is not the right word, and neither is oxymoron. The bizarre element is that in today's society, somebody as well known as Bruce Wayne could not possibly just put on a hat and disappear into a crowd. No, he'd he'd have to be doing some prosthetics. Yeah. Although I will say, I'm pretty sure this inspired matches Malone. Um, that was a Denny O'Neill idea, I believe. Well, I like this idea, too, because I, I'm pretty sure they cribbed this sort of thing from um, Sherlock Holmes, because uh, he would frequently go in disguise and um, uh, hang out with people who would have information, you know, the dock workers, the, the lower castes in uh, British society. And uh, I love, I really love seeing this here in this old serial that they include this sort of thing. But I do believe instantly that Grayson could be a newsboy nobody would recognize. Yeah. Um, he actually, I was thinking of Billy Batson. Like, this actor could have played a good Billy Batson. Yeah. That too. Yeah, that's definitely um, the prototype for matches. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the cigarette hanging out of the front of his mouth. Yeah. He's just missing the mustache. That's a Boston accent, isn't it? Now, that's something... I found interesting. Why do they make such a point of like showing him counting out his change? I, I didn't find any reason for that in the film. Bruce, Bruce. You know, as somebody has shot and edited their own shorts, that seemed like a really odd thing to focus on. They have no gadgets, but they do have communicators. That's interesting. <laughs> and they're huge. First gadget. There's that electromagnetic X-ray handprint thing again. <laughs> In 43. Room 
Okay, so I'm I'm gonna guess since they've got the scar on their hands, like they've got a disc implanted in their hand with the five on it. Yes. And there's one guy that doesn't have that, and yet he goes through, and nobody questions it. Hmm. Should have been quicker, Bruce. Real Batman would have made that. He looks so much better out of the costume. <laughs> yeah. Well, the real Bruce probably would have uh, been hiding on the ceiling or something, you know, using some ninja yeah. trick. Yeah. Or doing a summer glow, mm -hmm. pressing up against the wall. Yeah. They showed it changing the car a lot. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the few things the Snyder verse did right was a uh, Batman in action. Mm -hmm. That was a nice introduction to him when the cop is moving into the frame and Batman is out of focus, hanging out up on the wall. Mm -hmm. Batman actually looks okay in this shot. I was going to say now the cowl and the cape are totally dark here. Yeah, and it kind of works. And this is the precursor to the his cable gun. It's weird. It's like it's like they wanted to wear the black during the night scenes <laughs> where was this when he was falling where was the cable going yeah it was in the car notice he has not used his utility belt he has it but he hasn't pulled anything out of it not yet no batarangs no chemicals no nothing now when he breaks into this apartment though he's he's gonna be back to light blue as if his uh, his calcium can change color, like you know those old uh, thermographic T-shirts that you used to get to change color with body heat. See, I don't like the wrinkles all on the dead body. They look like pajamas. <laughs> Notice too how the cape gets shorter for fight scenes. I love yeah. how they go in without a plan. And look, is that something that comes would off? Do? The cape is off. What's Robin doing? What you doing, Robin? Now, in the next scene, when we cut back to the fight, we'll see the cape is back on. <laughs> One thing I will give Robin is at least he's not completely a boy hostage like he is later. Yeah. In animated series, he avoids the gunfire. In the Snyder universe, he's got Kevlar, and he takes mm -hmm. point blank gunfire. Here, they just don't use guns. Or gas masks, apparently. Even though we know Batman carries them. But every time he breaks in the room, nobody just pulls out their pistol and pew pew. Well, it's funny because, like, we'll see in episode three that this guy actually has a gun, and when he chooses to use it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you would expect that they would be pulling out like Tommy's. Yes. Because they do on the animated series, the Gatling guns. Yeah. Now, having watched the Captain Marvel serial from about the same time frame, there's lots of guns being pulled out there. Why? Because Captain Marvel is invulnerable. But because Batman's not, we can't pull out the guns. <laughs> Was it nighttime on the rope and daytime on the ground? 
<laughs> yep, uh, that that was a pickup shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The editing is kind of all over the place on this one. Yeah, it's it's very Tim Burton, not Tim Burton. Uh, Ed Wood. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we come with number three. And well, there you are. Okay, font's different. Mark of the Zombies. <laughs> but I still find myself intrigued and wanting to see more. Yeah. Even after all the the nitpicks or whatever that that I was doing, I was like, but I still enjoy this. For some strange reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, there's an earnestness about it. I mean, you, they're into this, the, the actors and everyone else. That's a good yeah, word, Steve, earnestness. They're definitely taking it seriously. Yeah, I'm planning on going back in and finishing out the serial. Yeah, I kind of want to, too. Same. The market is zombies. Are we going to see Rick and Daryl? <laughs> And can't rebuild them for some reason. <laughs> so I was like, I don't have the one move. <laughs> Boff, pow. I love it. Everybody just swings with haymakers. <laughs> you do realize they got in through the window. They can escape the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you guys out there on the internet, uh, check out the Captain Marvel uh, or Shazam serial. I forget which they named it. Uh, but the fights are a lot more entertaining there. Uh, they do mm -hmm. things a lot more energetic. Like Captain Marvel even does this really cool move one time where he does a backflip to kick two people in the face. I love the physicality of that. I love everything about those serials, man. I love the costume. I love the special effects. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, nobody's electrocuted again for some reason. <laughs> yeah, like he shorts out the wires, but it doesn't just electrocute you immediately. <laughs> Slow. Yeah, here's the gun. Now we use the gun. When I when I could have where shot was him, it before? He's he's moving at a snail's pace on these wires. I could have shot him then, but no. I, <laughs> right. Yeah, when you were at close range, instead you tool it out when he's like way down there. I did my best, but I, I forgot to pull out the gun until the very last second. <laughs> well, clearly his best wasn't good enough. You know, if this had just been like a, a decade or so later, like uh, uh, the boss would have just killed him in front of the henchman to make an example of failure. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen. Yeah. 
I explain the Batman is a fear. I really expected right here, he's so upset with this guy, he's failed him twice. He should have just made him a zombie, too. Yeah. Turn him into another drone. That would get the point across. True. Would certainly keep them in line. Mm -hmm. Not your electric laboratory? <laughs> there is a bit of mystery science theater appeal to these uh, serials, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just cheesy enough that you can kind of laugh along with it. Yeah. Uh, I always love his uh, his very weak attempts to escape. <laughs> I suggest that you adopt the attitude of fatalistic resignation. You underestimate the American will to fight like a he says that after his very weak attempt to escape. <laughs> Americans love to fight. Because for no reason at all, I need my rubber gloves. <laughs> now here's here's something I do like about these older films from the 30s and 40s. I I love the gadgetry. Uh, it's it's so visually appealing, and when he starts uh, playing with the electronic devices over there, it kind of takes me back to Thirty Nine and Frankenstein. Uh, not on the same level, of course, but I, you know I love the lights and the electric sounds, and the spinning devices, and everything. It's just so much fun. That apparatus looks like it could be like a spacesuit or a UFO thing. Like it might have been a UFO on a different ship and on a different shoot. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to understand how the whole head has not exploded. <laughs> I'm wondering how the poor actor is breathing with all that smoke in his face. <laughs> the, I think part of the front faceplate might have been open. I think the idea is to make him breathe the gas. I don't know. What up, dog? In the name of love. Japanese cave of horrors. <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's so unapologetic. I guess that last dude who was a faking is supposed to be a you know Pacific Islander. I, I just love how the secret, you know, Japanese uh, conspiracy 
is hiding behind this whole, <laughs> you know, racist anti-Japanese, uh, you never know, cave of horrors. There. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about hiding in plain sight. <laughs> Okay, yeah. That guy's oh, Batman. He's ready to take people out if they don't belong. That's why he's got the clubby club. Yep. I can I can appreciate the fact that he's actually more fit than Batman. Mm. What also is very striking to me about how clearly the focus is not on the action, but just more on the story. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever we need to tell the story is what we get. And that's very strange based on what I've seen most of my life. Not bad, just strange or different. Yeah. Did that guy have a five in his finger? I think the... I didn't notice it on the other time that we saw that at that angle, so I I think that's only inserted in the close-ups. Yeah, that needed to be established because otherwise, why is the guy outside not clubbing him over with the with the bat? <laughs> and that's another thing that's like you know the I understand this is made for a particular audience or a particular time, but like when you uh. When you club Robin on the street, why didn't you finish him off? Yeah. You know, whack him a few more times in the head. Make sure he's not getting up. That's, again, another thing I would notice with the Captain Marvel serial is uh, they would put even Captain Marvel in situations where you thought they're like, oh, he's actually going to get killed. People would actively try and kill him, whereas they, they don't try and kill Batman and Robin so much. Not in, a, not in a really proactive sort of way. Well, they seem to be more focused on fighting them off and getting away more than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Master of Stealth. Could you find a better hiding place? <laughs> no, it's my trademark is smashing through windows. <laughs> yeah, finish the job. Nope. He won't he won't wake up anytime appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna shoot him while he's down. That wouldn't be sporting. That's something that makes me wonder about the old, uh, like the New York system of these, uh, uh, what do you call these ladders on the sides of buildings? I forgot. Fire escapes. Fire escapes. Like, why weren't they always just lowered to the ground if all you needed was somebody who could just jump up and grab the doggone thing anyway? Mm-hmm. Because it would get on people's nerves having to walk around them. Ah. Probably. That makes sense. They're on the sidewalk, yeah. 
It's like if it's a safety feature, the only pe the only thing is defe defeating are like children. I love how the blinds are open and the guy can't see it. <laughs> Batman's right next to you. Well, it's it's like hiding in the racist wax museum. You'll never think to look for him out there outside the window, no matter how many windows he breaks through. <laughs> Guy was actually about to do the smart thing, interrupted by Robin. <laughs> Robin don't have but one move. <laughs> and that move is getting punched. <laughs> <laughs> That was a terrible landing. <laughs> yeah, he's a circus performer. He should be able to land on his feet. <laughs> that dude almost ate it. The guy jumped on the, the chair there to go after Robin. <laughs> he ate it a little bit. <laughs> That's not to not go well. Once again, Batman is flat on his back getting beat up by mm -hmm. get thrown out the window. You know, watching this, I just feel like there are no second takes, that this is all done in one. Probably. There's no choreography. They probably said, uh, just go for it. <laughs> yeah. It's a free-for-all. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is hilarious. <laughs> I, I am pretty sure that he fires off more shots than should be in that gun. <laughs> yeah. But he fires them randomly. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, how does he not shoot Batman and Robin along that, you, with everybody you, else? You do realize you could have shot your own team, right? I, I love how they mess with him here. It's like, how many did you kill? Seven, but there are only four. Hey, What's wrong with that utility belt, though? <laughs> yeah, you shot him twice. That was that was great. I actually thought that was funny. Convenient note is convenient. <laughs> I, I will also add, it's like well, the one person who brings the gun and is the dude that's, you know, living in the place. <laughs> it's not any of the crooks. But Alfred is just straight comic relief in this. Yeah, I, I think the difference now is, is that he has a lot more dignity. Mm. He can be funny, but he's a dignified character. I like how he grew up to be that uh, kind of sardonic voice of reason. Yeah. And also the father figure to Bruce, which he wasn't at this time. Mm -hmm. True. He was just a butler. That's very, very true. I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 maintains, he maintains that professional relationship, but it's pretty clear what their relationship really is. Robin was driving. Did y'all miss that? The Batman yeah. was shotgun? Yeah, I had noticed that the first time no, I watched it. Well, remember in the first episode when they took off after tying up the guy's light pole? Robin was mm -hmm. driving there, too. 
I guess he got bat driving lessons. I have no idea. Did you have to be 16 back then? Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Okay, now. <laughs> I love the. Major. I'm just saying the cross cuts of this train. <laughs> I, I gotta admit, uh, growing up in the age I did, I I love seeing miniature work. Uh, and so this is really fun for me. Yeah. Okay, but this train should have smashed them six ways to Sunday. The way as fast as it's going and as close as it is. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is like one of the oldest tropes in the book. Oh my yeah. God, the train is coming for our hero. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? This sort of thing still happens. Uh, yeah. I was watching the behind the scenes of uh, the Hobbit movies, mm -hmm. and uh, Smaug is 150 feet head to tail. And they were talking about when they when they put him for some reason when they made the Dwarven Forge, you know, and the uh, the dwarves are in there trying to set their booby trap. He could cross that area in like three steps, and they had to keep resetting the dragon because otherwise he'd just be on the dwarves. So they kept cheating the distance there too. Mm -hmm. So it still happens. Still happens in cinema. I I'm just waiting for the villain, you know, twirling his mustache while the train is coming, you know, <laughs> with the woman trying to the tracks. It's the only thing this is missing. True. See, you reminded me of Penelope Pit Stop with that one. It's not in yeah. the whiplash. Now <laughs> will save you, Nell. That's Dudley Do Right. I know, but Snidely Whiplash just made me think of that. Horrible pet alligators. She has pet alligators. All she does is get kidnapped. Yeah. Typical love interest. That's that's all the ladies were good for back in the day. Yep. Unfortunately. All right. So real briefly, uh, we kind of commented as we went, but this is what I was talking about when I was talking about evolution of a character and art reflecting its time, because clearly it did in a very real way. It's so funny to me now about how their idea of an action sequence <laughs> was basically a, a bar brawl at best. And uh, it was the funniest thing was how they the narrator kept talking about how they feared Batman, but the serials don't give you a real reason why they would, because he got his butt kicked every time and got thrown off the roof in, in the first one. And Robin got in maybe one or two right crosses per fight and he keeps getting hit and they just had yeah, that they, rocky factor where they kept bouncing back the bat the bad guys never actually seem to be in fear of batman they seem to treat him as an annoyance ah the batman yeah. interfered again that's right that's right and Curse so is foiled again right right and so none of the enhancements or accoutrements that we're used to now are there and then uh but again they did invent the bat cave we'll give them that Best yes. thing to come from this is definitely the Batcave. And the only time he actually uses intimidation is where he threatens to leave the criminal in the cave with the bats. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem, intimidation does not seem to come from his presence. Because even in those posture. earliest comics, even in those mm -hmm. earliest comics, we saw Batman using fear and intimidation. So it's kind of mm -hmm. surprising they took that element out of this. Yeah. But then again, the shadow, maybe... 
you know? Uh, right, they yeah. seem to treat them like they're government agents of some kind, you know, rather yeah. than, you know, urban vigilantes, you know, that are out for, you know, to, to get justice for Batman's parents or whatever. Yeah, because they, they do do that. They make, uh, when they're first in the uh, the doctor's office with the love interest, they do make a, a question. But like, you know, what would you tell her about your, you know, your service? Like, oh, you know, we're on our secret mission for the government. So like, is Batman here a government invention? But they never touch on it again. That's yeah. and that's the way these things are. Like you will just drop a nugget and you never have to go back to it. Right. You'll drop a story point or a plot point and you can just mention it and then act like it, it didn't happen or it had no real significance. And the other thing here is it's almost just wall to wall tropes. Mm -hmm. It's always <laughs> just thrown together tropes, you know, like you would sew a chicken leg on a piece of steak and you know, call that whatever that is, is wall to wall tropes. Cow it's very typical of the things that you would find in the 40s, you know, and yeah. particularly in serials of that type. Yeah, they're all there. Uh, 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 threats from the train. Like you said, the only thing missing is a woman being tied down and uh, love interest. She gets kidnapped and all types of gas, all types of knockout gas and all types of advanced gadgetry and all that. Definitely much, uh, very much in the time, but also the World War II propaganda and the hatred for uh, Japanese people and no black people at all, which I'm kind of glad about because I would have hated to see what That's they would have done. In the 1940s, yeah, you probably wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, they no, I would have hated to see folks. how that would have <laughs> played out in that time if they had any African Americans in there at all. Mm -hmm. But um, again, the, the way that the character is flexible enough and malleable enough, as Bracey said, to fit in these different kind of scenarios is still fascinating to me because I do want to watch the rest of them. And I'm still very much interested, even though it's very far removed from uh, any type of Batman that I know, except for Bruce uh, being dashing. Mm -hmm. Dashing is good, even though he was simping a little bit for Linda, you know, whatever. And I like that, the matches Malone thing. That that, that was yeah. really that was really interesting. The disguise was great. There's a weird sort of charm with the way they wrote back then, too. I was reading uh, in comic scene back when that was a thing way back in the day. Mm -hmm. They were talking about the, the writing in the 80s versus the writing uh, in the gold and silver age, specifically in the gold age, where, like I uh, said, like, you know, Superman would be flying to the ocean. Like, we'd just come up just weird idea. Superman would fly over the ocean. All of a sudden, the sea monster would pop up, like, shoot him with these kryptonite I-beams and render him powerless, and he'd fall in the ocean and have to survive out in the ocean, the monster would go away. He said, but like now, you know, you would have to explain all that. Like, where where was this monster? Why did it attack Superman? Why did no Superman was there? Why did it have the powers that could depower Superman? Why didn't it finish him off? And that just shows a progression of sophistication, both of the art and the audience for the art. Yeah. And also, again, I mentioned it several times, Batman's utility belt was present, but not in use. So again- <laughs> Gadgets are suddenly there and then they're not. You yeah, know, it's oh, like, yeah, we establish things and then we forget that we had them. It's it's the brightest thing on it. You know, it's mm -hmm. the shiny gold thing. It attracts so much attention, and it's just such a shame that, if, and like I said, I'll have to watch the rest of the serial. Maybe he gets into it because they have touched on elements of Batman lore, but it, it's such a, an integral part of what he does. To not see them use it is, is, is a real shame. And, uh, it was. It's kind of nice that when we get into a uh, Batman sixty nine, that like uh, even though they're campy, 
they take the idea of the utility belt and everything to the nth degree. Yes, so like they it do. got ignored before. We're really going to use this thing here. Yeah, and one thing I would have liked to have seen more is Batman as a detective, you know, actually solving crimes, you know, using, um, you know, mythology to find things, you know, taking out clues. Oh, yeah, this is where, you know, the base is because I found this little thing here. And, you know, th these kinds of things that uh, are in the comics, um, you know, and are just missing from these serials and even a lot of the later films. Yeah, another thing that surprisingly the campy Batman does well. Mm -hmm. Batman does the well. It does well, but that's more of a, a testament to the character, I think. Mm -hmm. And then also, like uh, I think Bracey said, Batman is here more of an annoyance, mm -hmm. more of a, a crime interferer yeah. than a crime <laughs> fighter or stopper. And um, he is truly a vigilante here. But it's funny with his relationship with the police. They're like, well, you know, like. We can't catch him, but we'll take the fruit of his labors. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he's doing a job for you, that kind of thing. Yeah, we'll just arrest this guy because Batman wrote us a note. Because Batman said, well, we're just going to take, you know, his word for it that it's actually Batman. So once and for all, let me state unequivocally that I am not a comics purist. I'm a character purist, but, mm. but, 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 <laughs> I understand the characters have to evolve, that is inevitable, that is necessary, and it's kind of ridiculous to try to hold them to certain things. So when I say I'm a character purist, what I mean is what I've always meant, which is there are certain things the character has come to mean. That's why I want to look at these serials, because almost none of the things Batman has come to mean are present here. But over time, uh, there are certain core elements, because most of the mythology is piecemeal, there are certain core elements that kind of grow from that evolvement. And it amazes me when people try to make the argument that they want to evolve the character to this other thing while ignoring the elements that stuck. Yeah, uh, We know as writers and fans, what happens is they try different things in different time periods and some stuff sticks and some stuff falls away. Like Superman's wacky unlimited power set in the Silver Age where he could... Uh, make a little miniature duplicate of himself the size of the atom where he had <laughs> rainbow vision powers. Uh, I keep telling people that Donner films are silver age. You can't enjoy yeah. them unless you understand those are silver age films because Superman ripping off his shield. <laughs> and it's a cellophane. Yeah, that was all pre-crisis. Right, right. And it's a cellophane, uh, you know, cloak or whatever. That's silver age stuff. Just making up stuff because it's goofy. Okay. So that's what I mean when I say I am once and for all, I am all for, understanding and supporter of uh, supportive of character involvement. But just like with the 80 years of history we already have, not every choice is a good one. Mm -hmm. And not every choice is going to stick. And not every choice actually adds something of value to the character. And so, you know, we're not trying to keep them stuck back on a previous version. I wouldn't want this version of Batman now on a continual basis. I like all the things that, that have been added, but a lot of the stuff that they added again didn't stick. It's the stuff that stuck that is has defined the character in modern day. And the that's four the elements have to remain consistent. Yes, and that, yes, and that's the stuff you have to uh, uh, be aware of and keep in mind as you take the character to the next phase of involvement, whatever that might look like. For example, Superman have a having a regular family. Uh, it's fine with me. I'm like, you know, they finally got to the point where we're like, we can't keep making Lois being so stupid. She can't see the Clark yeah. and Superman. And I'm like, 
you know, it, little things. I'm like, if you know anything about someone you're in a tight relationship with, she knows you're, you know, fresh out the shower smell. She knows, you know, there's this line in Superman Returns where Laura says, I forgot you were so warm. How could she not feel that next to Clark? I mean, just so many things. So we can't pull off Lois not being in the know. So great. Yeah. Now Lois knows. And then since we know, since she knows we can't pull off, she can't have a baby because the baby would kill her. So on Superman and Lois, the Supergirl, they had a good workaround. They had him go to Candor under a red sun. So the baby is conceived normally. So there's no yellow sun to activate the child's powers. That's cool. And now, at least for a while, we had little John Kent and we had Super Sons, which was one of my favorite, favorite books. But now all of a sudden they've artificially aged John and they took away him being a kid and they skipped all that period and they, and they, his camaraderie with Damon. And now he's a different kind of Superman. And what always amazes me is that they're always trying to do stuff that is either a self-insert or a, a spit in the face of what was. And I'm like, can't you write anything beside them too? You yeah, know, you don't have to spit on what was. And if you wish you were Superman, that's cool. We all wish we were Superman. But I mean, he wouldn't act like that. <laughs> it's it's a shame because we have these characters, uh, the oldest characters, Batman, Superman, for 80 years. And in that time, you know, you're going to go through many writers, many ideas, many versions, many time periods. And uh, that's, that's one thing I will say uh, that appeals to me about manga is it's the vision of a singular creator. Uh, mm -hmm. which can go on for many decades. But like once that guy, in most cases, die, like the, the creator of Berserk, I don't know if it's going to go on past that. But when I look at things I've enjoyed, like uh, One Piece or Naruto or um, or uh, Dragon Ball Z, there is a consistency because it's one person's vision over the decades. And you can appreciate it. And uh, but it's it it's a toss up because then like I know one day that's going to go away, whereas like these characters have spanned like anywhere from you know fifty years to eighty years, and I'm glad for that fact because we've gotten so many amazing writers and uh, artists over the course of that history. But we've also had to balance that out with like a lot of bad as well. Well, at this point, again talking about things that stuck versus things that didn't. At this point, nobody will accept an incompetent Batman. Yeah. yeah. No one yeah, will accept The problem that. is that they sometimes go the, to a little too far the other way with it. Like, they mm -hmm. can't accept the idea of Batman being in any way uh, fallible or making oh, a mistake yes. ever. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think you need to have a certain amount of that to have a story. That's right. That's right. And like, no one uh, will accept a Batman that has normal level intelligence. Yeah. Somebody was, uh, somebody was writing something on Twitter. It's like... Uh, it, it was something to the effect of like, uh, what's a statement that like, uh, makes fans mad, uh, a true statement about a character that makes fans mad or like a, a statement in opposition to a character. And, uh, I wrote down that, uh, Batman with prep time can beat anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just BS. I am so tired of that. So tired of it. <laughs> well, I love yeah. Nightwing to the end of the earth, but I, he can, he can lose to people. Yeah, no, no, he can definitely lose and he needs to lose. Sometimes yeah. because you just would lose your edge if winning was easy and a foregone conclusion. Anybody knows that. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm excited about continuing these series because we'll see these different shades of him. Uh, there will be a transition in the 80s where the suit becomes a thing. Because up until then, 
it was the man in the spandex. And then with Keaton's Batman, that shifts. It's very, very interesting. And then with the animated series, they go back to a better version of what we just saw. And say yeah. with Adam West Batman, which is the 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 that's, latex that's or media. Yeah, so so yeah, so this is gonna be a fascinating study. I'm really excited about it. Okay, we're gonna call it there. I want to thank my co-host. Thank you so much, Steve. Oh, thank you. This was a pretty fun uh discussion to have and you know, a really interesting look at Batman that I don't think most people are going to get. Um, and I'll just give out a shout out to Nemesis, who unfortunately couldn't be here. Uh, but hopefully he'll be back with us soon. Thank you so much, Bracey. Yes, indeed. Uh, glad to be here, of course. And I'm glad that we started with this because the the Batman serials, you know, I, I look at the still photos and the still photos look pretty cheesy. And, you know, there's there's some cheese in here, but I'm glad that we started here and reviewed it because uh, I did enjoy it and I do want to finish out the series. That's right. That's right. Because the appeal of the character is almost unlimited. There's just a few comic book characters we can say that about Batman and Spider-Man being the highest two that there's almost no context. We don't mm -hmm. want to see them in and there's almost no medium they haven't succeeded in. So as we continue to study these presentations, we're going to really get down to the heart of why that's the case. Yeah, I mean, right, like folks, if, you, if you look at like Spider-Man, mm -hmm. that is not the Spider-Man from the comics. Mm -hmm. He's very much like this Batman. They've taken away all of his backstory. You know, yes. the whole tragedy, all that's been glossed over. He's like future Iron Man. So, But he still works in that context. Still works. That's right. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to those of you that... Uh, our, uh, we'll see this on uh, my page on the live stream and then we'll be on YouTube on Comic Crusaders uh, with the official version of this and we'll be back next time and talk about another media presentation of Batman and mm -hmm. we'll see you next time on the next episode of Sloppy Spoilers.